cliffcentral.com. Someone special. Hey, I, I can I cannot get enough of this video. Well, I mean, it's possibly the only Christmas song that should ever be considered ever. You're right. I mean, it is last Christmas. We're talking about last Christmas, and you haven't heard from us since last Christmas. They put us away in a box. Didn't let us anyway know microphones. It was a box that played '80s music all year long, so we were okay. No, we were fine. But now we've been let out. Hi, Paolo. Dory, what a fantastic day this is again. Once again, our yearly meetup. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, I feel we do this show less often than ET phones home. All right. I'm trying to figure out how many 80s references I can get into this intro. Is it as I, of, I pity the fool who doesn't get my 80s references. Is it perhaps as often as one would fight dance? You know, listen, I try to fight dance at least once a week. Yeah. Um, normally with myself and when I'm dancing in the dark, um, specifically I fight dance. No working for you. That's, I have nothing to that. <laughs> Should I leave it? So Dory, I think what is the show about? Let's talk about it. Okay. It's that 80s show. Funnily enough, it's about 80s. Who would have thunk it, eh? Hey? Who would have thunk? And, and it's like, I think previously we've done music, and listen, we're going to play a lot of music, but it's also talking about 80s, our memories, talking about movies, talking about arbitrary things. Like, so 80s was a big thing, and, and uh, some friends and I were talking about it the other day, of like kids discovering magical powers that turned them into adults, like big. Yes. But there were a couple others, and we couldn't remember the names. So there was Freaky Friday. Okay, right. Freaky Friday, where they swapped, actually. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. so much like it was a swap. The, the kid swapped with the parent. Yeah. And then Big, he turned into, a kid turned into an adult. Yeah. Um, there was a, Michael J. Fox was in one. Um, yes. He's my default for being in everything. Michael J. Fox was in everything. When in doubt, it was a Michael J. Fox movie. Teen when Wolf, in doubt. When in doubt. And I'm often in doubt about it. Uh, Michael J. Fox or Kurt Cameron? Oh, boy. Hmm? Let's not talk about Kurt Cameron, hey? And Scott Bio. <laughs> Scott Byer. Charles in charge. Oh wow. Hey. Charles in charge of me and you. And and that's what it's about. And we're in charge of playing some cool music. We're in charge about talking rubbish about eighties. And I think like, you know, so a whole year has passed since we last did the show. And mm. you, the thing about eighties music is there's never new eighties music. Well, yeah. It, it, I mean, not in the sense of the, the greatest scheme of the world, but sometimes you'll like find something that you forgot existed, right? And that's right. So it's like it's like what songs have we discovered in the last year? That, while we were locked up in the 80s box. While we're, that they played in you know, a constant, a constant um, a loop. And you're going to give me the first one, okay? okay. I, I've not heard the song before. Okay, I've not heard really? about it. I've not, it's an 80s song that you don't know? Remember, late 80s, right? I got into it late 80s. I'm not like an into it teen. Because you're 80s. young. I'm, I'm younger 80s. Young. We were 80s, but younger 80s. Okay, so this song, the band's called Aztec Camera. Yeah. 
they kind of a one and a half hit wonder. Cool. Um, they actually, I suppose they are quite obscure. They were very big in the UK, but probably only in the UK and really nowhere else. I know about them because when I was a young teen in the a, 80s. A bopper. A teeny bopper. What, there was a, they, they weren't called tweens. That, uh, t- oh, you were, was, you were no. a teeny bopper. Yeah. I used to get a magazine every week at the CNA. <laughs> when CNA sold magazines. Yes, now they back sell, then. Now they sell everything. They sell chocolate now. Well, chocolates they've always had, but now it's like... Everything they haven't always had chocolate, believe it or not. Really? They didn't always have chocolate. Okay, that's a good time. Okay. Yeah, it used right. to be books and magazines and newspapers. That was pretty much it. Yeah, listen, and that's a business model I think they were wise to move away from. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was a teeny bopper back in the 80s, I used to get this magazine every week called Number One Magazine, which was a British pop music magazine. And it was it was really funny. So it was tabloidy, but like also just uh, trashy, but like in, the re- in a really cool way. Yeah. And as to camera, we're in that magazine – like every week. They were huge in the UK. But everyone else in the world were like, who? What? And then I remembered about them this year. And this this that we we're about to play was one of their big hits. It's called uh, Somewhere in My Heart. Yeah, it's a very happy, happy song. And why not be happy? Sounds good. That's happy. So, what did you think? I mean, it had the sax, it had the jangly bits. What do you think? Excellent guitar solo in the middle. Yeah. Um, 80s, but not like very dated 80s, hey? I think they, they had staying power, but then they didn't because they disappeared. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, like, it, it does have the staples. I mean, it's like the, the saxophone, and we've spoken, you and I, a lot because we're sad individuals, about the, the how key a saxophone was in the 80s. And I think like all the bands like used up their quota of saxes in the 80s because you don't do a sax anymore. No. Not even Kenny G. Let's not talk about Kenny G. Why, why not? You, you always like this. It's like I want to talk about Kenny G. Okay, fine. Talk about Kenny G. Go. You've got like 30 oh, seconds. Go. Damn it. You know, I Go. Never, I, okay, I'm done. I never expected you to, to take me up on it, and I have nothing to say about <laughs> Kenny G because you always shut me down. And then the one time you say, okay, cool, talk about Kenny G, and I know nothing about Kenny G. Nothing. You know who I know a lot about? Who? Ah, just my favorite man. It's like, do you think it's bad form? It is, though. It is bad radio programming form when you play two songs by the same artist-ish in the first 20 minutes of your show. Right? Well, luckily, this is on radio, so we can do what we want, so <laughs> it's okay. That is a very good point. So listen, a song that I, f- like, I knew of it. But like I almost like totally fell in love with it this year. It was it was sitting in a pocket in the back of your brain, and then during the year that pocket like came open. It, it, yeah, you reached in, and instead of finding some old chewing gum, you found. I found George Michael, a different corner. Like I, I don't know where the song went. It it, it was been in my brain. It was been okay, yeah. and then I just I don't know. Like just this year, I discovered it. I found it. I was like going through a couple of old CDs. I was like. Why, why don't I know of the song? Well, I have very, very, very vivid memories of listening to that on vinyl as a teeny bopper. Wow. In the lounge, at home, over and over and over, like I did with all Wham songs, over and over. But that song, it was just, it was very different to the other stuff. And it moved me. It really was. And I mean, so like I imagine, so listen, like you were listening on the lounge a shag carpet was there. Shag carpet. Always, it was or, the eighties. Always a shag carpet somewhere. I was doing that in like July this year. 
I'm not surprised. Hey? No, doesn't I'm, surprise me. I'm probably going to go home and, and, and do it later. I'm, you know what? I mean, all honesty, I'm probably going to do it now. 80s has always said it's very cheesy. Just how, listen how rich. The song is rich like molasses. That song is what we call in the business, it's a thigh rubber. A thigh rubber. A thigh rubber. <laughs> Just rubbing my thighs when I think about it. <laughs> I have a story about thigh rubbing, but that'll come up just now. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, that song, yeah, there's that like almost a bing bong Christmas bell sound to it. Yeah, that's, that's a whammophone. A what? A whammophone. A whammophone. That's a w- not a real word. You're making shit up now. So, like, listen to enough wham. And you hear that instrument. It's in Last Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's in so many of their songs. It's a whammophone. They invented an instrument purely for that bing bong. That's in so many of their songs. It's what makes them unique and special. Also, they're used by the Otis Elevator Company to signal that you've arrived on your floor. <laughs> bing bong. Bing bong. They use a whammophone. That's for real. So do you want to hear my thigh rubbing story? Yeah. T- listen... We're about to go into Rick Astley and we came out of George Michael. Well, that's exactly why I'm going to tell the thigh rubbing story because it's to do with Rick Astley. Right. So, a few years ago, we had what's, there's these concerts called Rewind Concerts where they get all these old 80s stars together and Mm -hmm. they show them off. They like bring them out the box and they go, look, you've forgotten about these people, but (laughs) they still perform. They're still alive and they need some money. And they do this, they do this regularly in the UK. There's only been a couple in South Africa. Mm Mm-hmm. But the first one I went to in South Africa, Rick Astley was there. Outstanding. It was an experience. But the biggest experience was he kept, like, walking to the front of the stage, crouching down slightly, rubbing his thigh, and saying suggestive things to all the ladies. Outstanding. That is outstanding. It's like being hit on by Tintin. (laughs) It was very uncomfortable and awkward, actually. It's sort of like it's got a bit of a, a, a Hugh Grant and music and lyrics sort of vibe. Oh, Hey? Just awkward. Uh, I've, listen, I don't have an awkward Rick Astley story. But you do have a Rick Astley story. I do. I don't have a Rick Astley story. I've got a Rick Astley song. Okay. So it's a song that's always around. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. This one, again, it just popped out and go, oh, I forgot how much I love that song. What an awesome song. And he's he's better known for other songs, Never Gonna Give You Up. But I, I really like like Take Me Too Hearts. It's just really fun and vibey. Got a synthesizer. Of course. So many instruments we just don't appreciate anymore. It's almost like a pity that most people have forgotten that song and have forgotten about Rick Astley. You know, Rick Astley is being remembered in a rather unique way these days. Rick Rowling? So, like, I, I heard about Rick Rowling. Okay. But, like, I heard about it, and I sort of get it, but I don't get it. I don't, I don't know what it's all about. You don't get it? 
No, not okay. really. Well, one day I'll explain it to you. But in the meantime, um, just check that link that I sent you. It's a little nice fact about Rick Astley you might want to tell everyone about. That's Rick Rowling. You've been Rick Rolled. Get it? I feel dirty, though. <laughs> not as dirty as he was on stage. So explain Rick Rowling to me then. Okay, so Rick Rowling is when you receive a link on email that looks like it's something else. They're like someone will say, please check out this document for me or, hey, did you, did you see this cool article? And then you click the link and it's Rick Astley singing, never going to give you up. It's like dick rolling. <sighs> you had to make it dirtier? That's not, <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't get it. Why, why, why Rick Astley though? Why of everyone? Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it started. He's apparently quite amused by the whole thing. He actually has got a really good sense of humor and all that kind of stuff. But I, I don't know who, chances are he started it himself because he was like, Hey, no one's talking about me anymore. Mm. I was so big. I was the stock Aiken Waterman wonder boy. And now everyone's like, who? So I reckon he started it himself. So we can expect Milli Vanilli rolling next year. Well, you know, I don't want to talk about Milli Vanilli. You know, it's sad. Do, do you really not want to talk about Milli Vanilli? Okay, we can talk about Milli Vanilli. Shall we do it? Okay, so for people who don't know, Milli Vanilli were a band, the Dutch Dutch dudes, right? I D- think Dutch, I think. Dutch, Belgian. Belgian. Are they that Belgian? sounds more familiar. That sounds, that sounds more like it. And uh, so they were just this like pop, 80s pop sensation. It was like uh, numerous songs. Um, uh, Girl, You Know It's True. Blame It On The Blame Rain. Blame It On The Rain. Um, and dancing, they were tr- like... Beautiful, beautiful boys. Dancers, singers, break dancers, which are dancing. Yeah. But break, break dancing. And like so big, they won a Grammy. Maybe. I, I distinctly remember seeing them with the Grammy. Okay. And then <gasps> scandal. Shock. Horror. Plastered all over the Heiskanut. The Heiskanut. <laughs> the Heiskanut. Milli Vanilli. Sungni. <laughs> I imagine that's what it's <laughs> It's sad. It's so, sad that it wasn't really them. Yeah. So then they got bust for like miming pretty much all their songs. And then um, the band who was miming for them, which was like actually like Milli Vanilli were two guys. And the band that mimed for them were like seven lots of guys. people and women <laughs> and everything. So like there were like seven or eight people or 15 of them, numerous Millies and Vanillians, millions of Vanillians. <laughs> and um, then they came out with a, an an album and they try to like chart the, as the real Milli Vanilli. Oh, and it just. It sounds like a movie. It does sound like a movie. That, Speaking of which. That door is called a segue. That's an interesting That segue. is called a segue. So did you bring the popcorn? Um, I did bring the popcorn. Um, did you bring the movie trailer voice? And now. And now. It's your wildest dream come true. <laughs> wow. That 80s show at the movies. Yes? No? Yeah, I, I could. No, it won't work. No, no. Um, so we're saying earlier <laughs> is that um, we're going to talk about movies and I think in this section we're going to talk about movies. And I mean, 80s was just this like sort of perfect um, amalgamation of like you could not have a hit movie without a hit song. Um, prior to what well, I mean, James Bond normally used to do it. But then sort of like so many of the big songs from the 80s are linked to really, really big movies. I think it was all about the angst. There was angst in the songs. There was angst in the movies. The movie had to have the song to bring out the angst. It had to have the guy running in the rain crying and then the mm. song kicks in. You also, know? budgets, I imagine, were stretched because most of the music videos were just like basically the movie. 
And then every, every now and again, they'd like cut into the band performing the song. In some and, garage somewhere. In the, a garage or like in a, a movie appropriate sort of stage. Um, but the movies in the 80s were ridiculous though. Well, some not of the, all of them. No, all of them. Not all of them. Okay. All of them though. Mm. Okay. Cause some of the plots were like, I mean, you were like. Plot wasn't a big thing. Plot wasn't a big thing. I mean, like. Um, it was not key. But not key. I mean, we're going to play you a song. Okay. Um, nothing going to stop us now by Starship. Now this was the, the theme song from a movie called Mannequin. The Mannequin Challenge. The Mannequin Challenge. And now in the eighties, the Mannequin Challenge was like, how do I have sex with a mannequin in a store? Cause that's what the movie was about. You make it sound so bad. She became a real person. Okay. She turned into a real person. Lightning. Something. There was light. There's there, always light. There's always lightning. There's a storm. A storm. And a storm struck a store and, and a mannequin. And a wish and then it happens. And the mannequin came to life. Yes. And it was the, the, the chick from Sex in the City. Kim Cattrall, wasn't it? Um, I'm actually not sure. I'm pretty sure she was the mannequin. I'm not sure. But I do know that the guy was Andrew McCarthy. That I know. That means nothing to me. So anyway, this is the theme song from that movie. The Mannequin Challenge. From the movie Mannequin. This song. For shame, you doubted me. I, I, I told am, you. I will never doubt you again, ever. I told, I told you it was Kim Cattrall from Sex and the City. I don't know why in my mind I saw Kelly LeBrock from Weird Science. I often see Kelly LeBrock from Weird Science that in my scene mind. with her red dress and well, her long legs. So that's also like stupid movie plots from the 80s. They, <sighs> Weird Science, they made the girl in the lab. Something like that. I vaguely remember, yeah. There was a girl, there was a lab, there was an explosion, there was blue smoke. The Light, usual. Lightning. Of course, had to be lightning because lightning. So lightning caused mannequin. Lightning was the catalyst in big, wasn't it? Um, yeah, because it made, didn't it make the machine blow up or something? Because yeah, he was at the. He there was, was some the sort of electrical. Carnival. There was an electrical thing. Yeah. Um, uh, gremlins. Did gremlins have lightning? Gremlins happened on a stormy night. Yeah. So the first night he bought he bought uh, um, Gizmo Gizmo home, and then Johnny Five. Lightning struck him. Johnny Five is alive. Teen Wolf, lightning had to be. Well, Michael J. Fox, of course. Back to the Future, lightning. Lightning, wow. hey. It was a thing. It, listen, lightning was a thing. So that's that's why I'm like, if there's lightning outside, it's like, oh, don't go run outside. I totally do because I'm like, I want to either be big or go to the future, to the past, back to the future, or I want to be a gremlin. Or you want to be oh, a girl in a lab. A, a girl in a lab. And like a big thing that's happening now is that um, 80s movies are being remade, but they're like changing, they're like reinventing things. So like um, reinventing being code for making it crappy. Well, I mean, listen, we've not exactly um, been poster children for watching 80s movies. I mean, we've not exactly painted them the best light show. But like, I mean, I, I saw the other day, um, you know, uh, National Lampoon's A Family Vacation. Yes, I right? remember those. So they remade that. But Chevy Chase has two kids. Okay. Like the son has now grown up and now he's taking his family on the same trip. Do they never learn? They don't learn because they didn't. Le- Ghostbusters. 
with the new Ghostbusters, all female Ghostbusters. I haven't watched it yet. I know it exists, but I haven't watched I'm it. I'm not going to be a hater because there was a big story about that of people hating on them because they're yeah. female Ghostbusters. I'm like, Ghostbusters, I don't get, I don't care. I want to see Ghostbusters. Yeah. Okay. I'm afraid of ghosts. And I'm afraid of no ghosts. They're not afraid of ghosts. Okay. Okay. So like, I don't care. It, Ghostbusters are male or female. I don't care. Just busts ghosts. Ghostbusters, there was also lightning in Ghostbusters. Of course. It has to be in the first one. Lightning provoked something. So, okay, okay. I'll tell you a movie that didn't have lightning or, or ghosts or, 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 or weird science. Or, so you say didn't suck. It, it's the best movie like ever. No, I have, to, I have to give it that. And it was like such a launch pad for like so many big names who became crackheads and are now like not crackheads. It's true. It's true. No, no suspense story. Name the movie. What's it? What's it? No, name, no, no, name no. it. Name it. Name it. Okay, this movie is iconic. That is the word to describe it. Okay, if you have not yet seen this movie, you have not lived. I cannot wait to show this movie to my child. She is almost old enough. Pretty in pink. No, she's already watched Pretty in Pink. <laughs> you said so, right? Yes. I took away your moment. You did. I was. I couldn't handle just, the suspense. I tell you what. Why don't you just play the song and then everyone will know what movie it is. Just, and then just play it. Then we'll talk about it afterwards. Yes. Because you are. A ridiculous fan of, of this movie. Another good staple of 80s songs. La la lying. A lot of la la lying. La la lying to close off simple minds. Don't you forget about me. Don't you forget about the movies. So, and don't you forget about the movie that that song is from. This might be my favorite ever soundtrack song from the 80s. And not only because it's a great song, <laughs> which it is. It's because the movie, The Breakfast Club, it's so special, Paolo. Can I explain to you why it's so special? Dory, I feel that even if I said no. That you, you wouldn't be able you, to stop me? I wouldn't be able to stop you. So, Dory, explain away. Okay. So, the premise of The Breakfast Club is... It's these kids that get a bunch of kids who get detention. What year are we in? It's 1985, if I remember correctly, 84 or 85. Right. It's high school, bunch of kids, detention on a Saturday morning in the library at the high school. The teacher that's giving them detention really doesn't want to be there. He's a real hot ass. He's like miserable. But the whole point of the story is that all these kids were really, really different. Different backgrounds, different home life, different ways of seeing the world. There was the jock, there was the princess, there was the, like, the outcast girl, the weirdo, and, um, there was the nerd. Nerds were a big thing in the 80s. Big, big thing. Huge, huge yeah. thing. Um, now we love a nerd. Yeah. And they start out and they clearly have nothing in common. And you think, oh, this is going to be such a boring movie. They're sitting there. They don't, they don't, they don't get along. They don't say anything. Ha, I saw something funny the other day that said, if the breakfast club had to take place today, everyone would just be on their phones and nothing would happen and there'd be no story. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which is so true. But there were no cell phones back in 1985. Well, there luckily. were, but they came in a suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> you had a, like, l- or, or they were attached in your car. <laughs> yeah. In, um, in a suitcase. In a suitcase yeah, in your the, car. Because that's where the, the massive three meter long antenna was. God, how far we have come. Um, and through the course of the movie, these kids bond together and kind of realize that they're not as different as they might think. They're not 
they don't, their perceptions of each other change. It's a really deeply moving, inspirational story, Paolo. Are shenanigans involved? There are a couple of shenanigans. There are. They end up in the ceiling at yeah, some point? Yeah, because at one point they, they've been told not to leave the library. Right. And at one point they leave the library. And they like kind of run around the school and do weird shit. That that's cool though. I mean, that's the dream. Like you want to be in school when no one's there and just like go around the school. Is that just me? That might be just you. Could just be me. Yeah. I do I do it now, but that's why I've got to stay five hundred meters away from most schools. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so who who start, who was the cast? Tell me who was the okay. cast. Dorothy. So the main cast members that everyone will remember: Molly Ringwald as the princess. The, oh yeah, that big star, the big girl. star today. It is kind of, it's kind of hard to believe because she wasn't exactly your idea of drop dead gorgeous, but she was cast as the, the popular rich girl kind of thing, who of course thought she was better than all the rest of So, it. so this is why, I mean, and you always give me a hard time because I get them confused because you had Molly Ringwald was in Breakfast Club. As the, as the popular princess, but yes. then in Pretty in Pink. She was the outcast. She was the total opposite. Well, she wasn't and, typecast. And she that's had why range. I get, that's why I get confused between the two. And okay. I'm always looking. And she's always wearing pink, so it's easy to get confused. Exactly. And then, and then I'm always looking for, see, there's so many connections because then her weird looking friend from Pretty in Pink, uh, ends up late in his career being Charlie Sheen's brother in Two and a Half Men. And Charlie Sheen's brother, Emilio Estevez, was in Breakfast Club. Okay, now you're really confusing me. But yes, it, it all comes together in the end, basically. So Emilio Estevez was in Breakfast Club. He was the jock. He was the jock who everyone was like, oh, well, he's just a jock. He doesn't even have any deep thoughts or anything like that. Turned out that he was actually an incredibly interesting and deep individual. Yeah, Most jocks are. I mean, I, I was a jock. He's... <laughs> <laughs> we, oh, we don't want to hear about your sad story, okay? So why were they in detention? What? Does it ever say what they were there for? You know? Because that's such a diverse range of people. Why like would they? Why, why were they there? What did they do to get there? They do at some point in the movie, I think, tell the story of what they did to get there. And then there's like the re- rebellious guy yep. cha- played by Judd Nelson. Hey. Judd Nelson did not do much after Breakfast Club. He did no. some bad sitcoms, mm. a couple of very dodgy movies. And it's, Ju- it's sad. Judd Nelson, like, I feel sorry for him because he was never quite part of like, um, the Brat Pack. He was like the, just on the outside of the Brat Pack. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you don't know, the Brat Pack in the 80s was like the hot young actors and actresses. It was Charlie Sheen, Emilio yeah. Estevez. Demi Moore was one of them. Oh, yeah. Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. Yeah. Um, and they were sort of like, okay, these guys, and most of them, they did. They did all become really big, big actors. Yeah. With really big drug problems. A lot of them. Mm. Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy did well after Breakfast Club. She's actually my favorite character in the movie. She's the depressed girl. Yeah, she's like the goth. The goth, the goth girl. chick. Mm. Who everyone like, thinks she's totally weird and she doesn't even speak in the beginning. And then when she does speak, she says the most amazing things. So, so Dory, I'm going to try it. I, I found the trailer. Okay. okay. I'm going to try, let me, let me try this out. Hopefully this works, but let, let's try this out and, and see what, if we can get an impression. Hopefully it's not just a visuals only trailer. It is now 7.06. You have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to ponder the error of your ways. Any questions? Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? A brain, a beauty, a jock, a rebel, and a recluse. I can't believe this is really happening to me. Before this day is over, they'll break the rules. (coughs) Chicks cannot hold a smoke. That's what it is. Bear their souls. I'm a nymphomaniac. Are your parents aware of this? 
take some chances. Being bad feels pretty good. And touch each other in a way they never dreamed possible. Why'd you do that? Because I knew you wouldn't. The Breakfast Club. They only met once. I don't want to be alone anymore. You don't have to be. But it changed their lives forever. I mean, I consider you guys my friends. I'm not wrong, am I? Universal Pictures presents Emilio Estevez, Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy in a John Hughes film. Why are you so nice to me? Because you're letting me. The Breakfast Club. I'd watch it. You should watch it. I have watched it. Okay. That makes me want to watch it. It, it, made, it changed my life forever. I have to say. I mean, you know, it says that it changed their lives forever in, this, in the actual movie. It's a life-changing movie. That, and then after that movie, they like all went their separate ways and they never, they never, became, they were, like, never hung out again. They, they actually had a little bit of a reunion. I think it was last year. It was like some anniversary of the movie. I'm surprised yes. they haven't tried to remake Breakfast. Like you see it parody they dare, a lot. If they dare try and remake that movie, I will, I'll kill someone. Like, I'll natu- hurt someone. I, I'm a big fan of the Goldbergs. Um, and um, they did a, a Breakfast Club sort of like homage um, in one of the episodes not so long ago. Yeah, same sort of thing. But the ho- the whole cast of the Goldbergs, all the kids, sort of like played a different character, and then they like recreated Breakfast yeah, Club. It's referred to a lot, like in yeah, you know, like like, like if you had to watch that trailer, you'd see so many scenes that um, you recognize, right? Okay. Yeah. So, so, what's next? Okay, so what's next? So, listen, yeah, you got a movie that changed your life. Here's a movie that changed my life. <laughs> no, it didn't really. But I do love it. I do love a little bit of flash dance. I mean, who doesn't love the story of a metal sheet worker, a welder, um, becoming a famous dancer? Who? Who dare not love that? Me, not. That's not me either. <laughs> not me for sure. <laughs> I'll be honest. I watched flash dance once I'm, I'm not really into dance movies which means i'm not into 80s movies because there's dancing in every single 80s movie so, no i lie flash, flash dance was okay listen you know what i think the soundtrack saved it i think yep. there's like a lot of very cool songs that came out of it um that sort of makes you remember it more than the actual movie uh why don't you play us one what a feeling irene Kara. You know how you know you listen to an 80s show? How? Because you just listen to Flashdance. What a feeling. <laughs> what a feeling, What a feeling man. I have. What a feeling I have. Leg warmers. It is. That's where it all comes from. Um, the leg warmers. I mean, there was also... There's, it's from that movie, that iconic scene they've seen parodied so many times where someone will sit on a chair yeah. and pull the, 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 the toilet bucket flusher, of water. pull the <laughs> bucket of water on themselves. It's so silly because it's like the ice, ice bucket. What the ice? The ice, ice it was the original ice bucket challenge. Ice bucket challenge, but like without, you know, that, the charity that's angle. Where, that's where it started. But dancing well, they, movies, listen, eh? Dancing uh, movies. Jennifer Beale gave a lot of charity in that scene and a lot of charity in that movie mm. because she spent a lot of it when she wasn't wearing a boiler suit. Mm-hmm. She was wearing a leotard. Not, not complaining. Okay. Not complaining. A young me, very confused by that. An older me, thigh rubbing. <laughs> okay, so 
It's just, there's just a, there's a, there's a definite theme of therapy. There's in definite show. theme. I don't know why the young me would have been confused by, by Jennifer Beals. Mm, I mean, why not? Why exactly? Why? Uh, yeah. Whatever. But dancing, hey, dancing movies. It's a thing. It is it's quite seriously a, thing. a thing. Listen, it is quite a thing, and um, it's probably one of the most preposterous plots um, of an '80s movie, but with another, again, a great soundtrack. Um, so, what happened if you lived in a conservative town with a mayor banned dancing? Totally plausible. Hey, that idea. Totally plausible. It, it well, could, I mean, they could have been Amish. They weren't though. That's mm. so because because what happened? So okay, here's this movie called Footloose. In a town, a bunch of kids go to a party, and then they're driving home from the party, from the dance party, accident. Yeah. Town mortified. Yeah. D- grief can't deal with it. Mayor bans dancing. It wasn't even the mayor. It was the pastor. The pastor. Who was the father of one of the kids who died. And everyone just went with it. No, you're right. Not cars. I'll not t- drinking and driving. Uh, no. Dancing. Dancing is the culprit. I'll tell you how I know all this because I recently rewatched Footloose. I'm indoctrinating my child with 80s movies. We have done Pretty in Pink. Good stuff. Which went well. And then I thought, okay, she's ready for Footloose. There's some she's not ready for. Breakfast Club, she's not ready for. She's too young. So, I, listen, I tried, I mean, I'm, I'm more of the like the sci fi cheesy genre. Yeah. So I tried getting my daughter in. She didn't mind Short Circuit. Mm-hmm. So Short Circuit is a movie about a robot, gets built and then gets struck by lightning and comes to life. I must actually try that with mine because I think she'll enjoy it. She will enjoy so- yeah. Short Circuit. Um, Gremlins, no. no mine, didn't, mine didn't like Gremlins. So, you How know, do you not like Gremlins? No, so here's, here's the thing. Okay, so my daughter, she's six now. So she probably, I first tried to show her to when she was five. Ah, uh, too young. And you know what? She loved Gizmo, loved yeah, no, it. No, but like, then it so, goes crazy halfway through. But you know what she hates? She says, why are they always so mean to him? Hey, yeah. and they bully him, but like he always comes back. Like when he rambo's, r- rambo's them and drives over them with his car. But she she can't stand how mean they are to him. But here's the thing with watching these '80s movies because we've watched a bunch lately. We actually watched Look Who's Talking and um, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, which is a big favorite actually. Mm-hmm. But as I watch these movies now, I realize how actually. Politically incorrect they are And also PG was totally different Wow <laughs> like, PG-13 was like I saw a lot of things at 13 That they don't put in movies now It's actually And Footloose particularly Has a scene Where this guy literally beats up his girl Like he literally punches her in the face And nothing happens And I'm sitting there saying In real life He'd have gone to jail <laughs> Maybe not in this town, though. Yeah, maybe not this it town. Seems this town like, was weird. It seems like their, their rules were different. So, listen, a big dude who, like, I reckon he made most of his songs around soundtracks was Kenny Loggins. We need to talk about Kenny. We need to talk about Kenny, but let's first go into Footloose, Kick Up Your Sunday Shoes. Might be one thing more ridiculous than the plot to Footloose. What would that be? That would be what Kenny Loggins is doing now to make a living. So the singer there. Yeah, Kenny Loggins. Big, big staple of eighties movies. Did Pre- a lot. Pretty much any eighties movie. There's a song by Kenny Loggins on it. Like when in doubt, there's Kenny Loggins song. 
That sounds pretty right. But then I'm like, okay, so whatever happened to Kenny Loggins? Like, what happened? He was in every single 80s movie, and then, poof, he disappears. But he hasn't disappeared. He is doing soundtracks for Winnie the Pooh movies. He is like the voice of the Winnie the Pooh soundtrack. Singing? Singing or like um, the narrator? I'm actually not entirely sure, but if you look at what he's doing now, his like discography, yeah, it says Winnie the Pooh. Listen, man, you've got to get in bed with Disney. I mean, you've got to be in with Disney. It's Disney. When the 80s S- movies Star drop Wars, you. That's it. Star Wars got in bed with Disney. And the su- superheroes got in bed with Disney. You know, you got to get in with Disney. If you're not in with Disney, so Kenny Loggins, well done too. You got in with Disney? Yeah. But before that happened, he did another song from Footloose, which I actually prefer. I think it's the better song on the soundtrack. Yeah, okay, that's cool. This one's called, uh, listen, I'm not super familiar with it. I mean, it's, it's from the movie. I'm free, heaven helps the man. When you hear it, you'll picture that scene in the movie where they all start dancing and everything like has that happy ending. You'll, you'll, you'll get so, it. So this is now at the end of the movie where the pastor says, you know what? Actually, I was a fool. Yes. You guys can dance again. Yeah. You can dance if you want to. Absolutely. (laughs) That just makes me feel like inspired. It's an inspirational song. I'm just so jacked now. Jacked, hey? I'm just so jacked. I just want to Kenny Loggins, do eh? stuff. He, he, ha- he had a knack to like fire you up to do stuff. What he, do you want to do? He did, hey? He like, I mean, and I suppose that's why they kept like bringing him back and um, getting him on new soundtracks. And, and Kevin Bacon, the star of Footloose, looks so good today. I reckon he kept on dancing to those songs all these years, and he's just like stayed footloose and fancy free all these years. Yeah, or he has got a very good surgeon, a very good plastic surgeon. I'd like to believe that it's all natural. No, Dory, it's not. It's not. The sooner you get that and just break that, it's not, Dory. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break it to you. Okay, so what else did Kenny Loggins do? So speaking speaking of people who've had way too much plastic surgery from the 80s, Tom Cruise. But Tom Cruise's big breakout movie was... Uh, I don't think he had plastic surgery. He's just It's a Scientology thing. They've given him powers that he can rege- regenerate himself. Disclaimer on the show, the opinions of Dory are not necessarily the opinions of me. I do not want to get Scientologized. Okay. <laughs> They're going to send theaters into my head. I didn't say that. Okay. Okay. I didn't say I'm it. brave. I'll stick with it. You said I didn't say anything. I don't know enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just staying out of it. Okay. okay. So back before Tom Cruise became a Scientologist. What, yeah. Okay. He yeah. He was just yeah. an actor in 80s movies. Yep. What he, was the biggest movie? Well, they so, did? I mean, just, I mean, one of the biggest movies obviously is Top Gun. So let me tell you a little bit about the plots of Top Gun. And this is all really what happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there was a cop. Okay, and then he got very badly shot, and then they turned him into a robot. They put him in a robot suit, and then while he was in a robot suit as a like a, almost a robotic cop, like a RoboCop almost, um, he found out that his brother had been doing like illegal Muay Thai fights in Thailand. So and then his brother got killed. So then he went over to Thailand, and he trained um, in some sort of blood sport. Okay. And uh, while he was training in the blood sport, um, he found out about a um, like in a galaxy far, far away, 
that he had a twin sister whose planet had just been destroyed. And um, no, that's not the movie, Dory. Come on. You know, it's not. <laughs> I was just waiting to see where you were it, going, with going with this. No, the movie was Top Gun. Did he find out that his stepmother was an alien? Yeah. He could have been. It could have been. Um, but this was just after he uh, had trained himself up from the bottom and became a world champion boxer. Um, and then ran up the steps in Philadelphia. No, that was Rocky. That, so that this, the whole link is pretty rocky. Um, so, <laughs> Top Gun. Um, now, that was a movie with uh, Tom Cruise. Um, who's Tom Cruise? Was he the Iceman or the, or the Goose? He was Iceman, right? Goose, Goose was the one who died, who was the other guy, the blonde guy. Don't ruin it if people haven't seen it. Oh, my goodness. If you haven't seen Top Gun by now, where are you living? Oh, Dory, you don't know with like Netflix and new streaming services yeah, coming online. Okay, well, don't day. worry. The new version of Top Gun is probably being made as we speak, so it's okay. With, with female fighter pilots, and they're not, they don't fly airplanes. They like fly drones in Iraq or something like that. So you're probably right. The yeah. new Top Gun is probably being made right now. Yeah. Um, so wait for that. Goose doesn't die. Disclaimer. Okay. Um, but once again, it's okay. Listen, guys, we got, we got Tom Cruise. Mm. We got fighter jets. We got, an awesome scene with like um, fighter pilots playing volleyball. Okay. But this movie sucks until we get Kenny Loggins. So Tom Cruise phoned Kenny Loggins. Hey, Kenny, listen, I got this movie. It's great. You're really going to love it. It's got flights. We got illegal boxing in um, Thailand. A brother gets killed. Not, not that. Okay. But we've got fighter pilots, all these things. But we need a kick ass song. So what does he pull out? Danger zone. He pulls out this. Kenny Loggins with a voice like jet fuel. <laughs> Val Kilmer was also in Top Gun. Yeah, but he like he was like the background guy. Like it was before he became Val Kilmer it's and pretty, like you know the main star. Yeah. He was like some dude in the background. I can never even remembers him. I know, but they still like make out like he was quite a big yeah. part. But yeah, Val Kilmer was in there. Kenny Loggins, Meg Ryan, wasn't she in it? She might have been. I'm pretty sure Meg Ryan yeah. was in it as well. But you know which Kenny Kenny Loggins song I really love. You know, Dory, I, I got a feeling. You, got, I got a feeling. Which one are you going to tell me? It's that song. It's called "Far From Over." It was from um, the sequel to St- Saturday Night Live. Um, uh, Dory, you're not the first person to make that mistake because you've just assumed any gravelly voiced male singing in a soundtrack in an '80s movie had to be Kenny Loggins. Well, and is it not? Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, you are correct. Okay. I know which song you're talking about. It's this one. Take a listen. Just take a listen to this. I'm just going to play you a little beat. Just take a listen. That's the one. This is this is the one, right? Wait till the voice kicks in. Man, this is the 80s beat. This is the end. You made I get it. Now, I mean, going back to talking about dudes who like had too much plastic surgery. Speaking, spoken about Tom Cruise. We've spoken about Kevin Bacon. You know who this is. It's not Kenny Loggins. It's not Kenny Loggins. It's Sylvester Stallone's brother, Frank Don't Stallone. Lie. Frank Stallone. Frank Stallone sang. And the movie you're talking about is um, the sequel to Saturday Night Live. 
I did the same thing you did. Did I say Saturday Night Live? Live and stuck in my brain, went deep into my cerebellum. Um, So anyway, no. So he produced a sequel to Saturday Night Fever called Staying Alive, which is so confusing because that is the theme song of Saturday Night Fever. But it's now, so the John Travolta character from Saturday Night Fever, he goes to New York to become a dancer. Of course. He goes to be a dancer on Broadway. And it's called Staying Alive. And then that is the theme song from it because Sylvester Stallone either produced or directed. And there's an awesome scene in the beginning of the movie where John Travolta's walking down the street and he bumps into a dude and like looks back at him and Sylvester Stallone. You're like, ah, oh, you are so terrible putting yourself in movies. That and you- then he got his brother to do the soundtrack. Got his brother to do the soundtrack. That's such a family affair. It's ridiculous. But, but it is good though. I mean, if, if I was like a super Hollywood star and I had a like, you know, a feebling brother. I can say this because I don't have a brother. But it was a good song, though, so I suppose it's okay. That is a good song. You can't deny that song. I feel it's like very a very underappreciated, underappreciated song. Well, I learned something today. You did learn something today. So listen, we've gone on about movies for a long time. We've almost like it's been a never-ending story, okay? <laughs> and remember nice. that. Remember that movie. That was such a good movie. Hey, like, I, I don't know. What was the name? The, that big white dog? Um... So Neverending Story was like this fantasy fantasy movie. Um, some kid it was went a to dragon. It wasn't a it was dog. A dragon. It was like a doggy dragon. It was a doggy dragon. A dogrin. Dra- a doggrin. A dra- Um And uh, there there was rock eaters. Yep. But it was it was like again it was like a kids movie but it was like a lot of scary. They didn't have CGI. They did puppetry, like really bad animatronics sure. and puppetry. And some really depressing scenes. There's a scene where the horse drowns in the quicksand. Do you remember that scene? And you like had quite an emotional attachment with the horse. It was it was harsh, I tell you, harsh. But but going into it, I mean, there's like a once again a really cool movie with a really cool soundtrack coming out of it. Um, and talk about one hit wonder, Lamal. That sounds like something you take when you got a. Like he a wasn't a one hit wonder as a person because when he was with Kajagoogoo, they had some hits. <laughs> Okay, it was a band called yeah, Kajagoogoo, yeah, no, 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 and he had some hits with them. But as a solo artist, this was pretty much it. No, but it was a good song. It probably you know sustained him for quite a while so financially. That's, that's a couple of movies to watch out for, right? If you got so Breakfast Club, you got if you got some time and you're binging and you need something to do, Breakfast Club, Top Never Gun, Ending Story, Never Ending Story, Mannequin, Mannequin. Uh, what are you going to say about Footloose? Like. Give Footloose a miss. Don't don't watch the new watch one. Watch it, but with very low expectations, and definitely don't watch the new. Don't one. don't watch the remake. Um, um, Staying alive. Flash dance. Flash dance. Don't watch the don't watch Staying Alive. You'll hate your life. <laughs> Rather, if you're going to watch a dance based movie, watch Flash Dance because of the leotards, the water, and the water scene. Just yeah. just for that, okay. Um, and try watch a never ending story, but definitely listen to the song. Still such a good song. It is a pretty good song. Um, you you got to love it when they still keep like when when it's a soundtrack from a movie, and then they still keep in like bits of the movie in the in the video. You know what I mean? So it's like some actualities, like oh no, we made it into the movie. We made it in the soundtrack. I'm Lamal. Look at <laughs> look at my hair. <laughs> he had cool hair. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool hair. It was like um, I mean, how would you describe it? Like a yeah, it was like three haircuts. So it was like he had um, spiky. Bit of a fringe, and then, and then he had the dark, and then the like platinum blonde. 
like to contrast with the dark. Flock of seagulls type of vibe. Without the big flappy fringe. Mm, yeah, you could do that. Okay, Paolo, we've reached that time of the show. We have though, hey? You I know, it's, we, it's like somber. It's going to be a bit of a somber one, a bit of a sad one. But it has to be done. No, so you, you know when you're watching award shows, so you're watching like Grammys or um, Oscars. Oscars or something, and then they have that part where like, oh, these are our friends who we have lost in the past year. And then they show like it's a, like a two-minute long thing where they show like random people, like janitor from MGM Studios, <laughs> and this is the guy who managed the – the Twitter account the, for the person who used to cut up the, you know, used to censor the tape and like cut up those little pieces on the, yeah, film, like on the film strips. Zaza Gabor's official cocaine dealer. <laughs> um, and then they show, the, and then you see it like, and no, people like clapping politely. And then like the person you know comes up, like, ah, and then you go back to like, uh, mm. okay, that's like Warren Beatty's fluffer. Okay. But we're not going to do that here. No, we're not going to do that. We're only going to give the big stars, the big stars, because we, I mean, I think two 80s icons went to the big um, record store in the in the sky, and um, obviously we're talking about Prince, yeah. and we're talking about David Bowie, yeah. And then you want to talk about some other dude, but you have to convince me on that. I will. I mean, I, I won't talk ill of the dead, but uh, you have to convince me of the third guy. So Prince, right? Yeah. I mean, okay, listen, what wasn't said about Prince by people proclaiming, "Oh, Prince hashtag Purple Forever," you know, that irritated me when Prince died because it's like. What do you, I mean, what do you know about Prince? Yeah. Like, you haven't thought about it for like the last 20 something years. No. And now all of a sudden, oh my God, he's oh, gone. He changed my life. Oh my God, Prince, he's gone. Oh, he's not, he's not gone though. I mean, he's pulled the Michael Jackson. They both went to, you know, they're living in a like little weird man colony with, with Tupac. With Tupac. Um, and, uh, the other guy from Wham. But, um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, Prince did some good, pretty good stuff. Prince also hated his music being played anywhere without being paid. Mm-hmm. So he will. Hate this. Old Princeton. Love loved colours, eh? Yeah, he was big into purple. Purple rain. Raspberry. Raspberry stretch. Red Corvette. It's all about that. Hey? Man, those such good songs. does make me miss him a bit, I have to say. Well, I mean, when, when last did he release something? But, no, he actually released something recently and it wasn't bad. No, you did, but th- there was all those stories about him. Like people would say, oh, he, like he'd just show up like at a, at a club and like be there and then just put on a gig and just perform. I don't believe that. No, he doesn't strike me as the easygoing guy, you know, with a whole changing of the name thing and what was that all not about letting his songs be put anywhere thing and, and didn't you have like did you have slave tattooed or was it his um facial hair i can't remember i, I maybe it was a tattoo i think he had slave written on his face at one point mm. well you know we don't know we haven't been a slave to the record companies i've n- not been a prince either i've not been a symbol i've been a sex symbol mm. Mm. i voted myself sexist man of 2016 hmm. and, and in your own home and i got a feeling i'll be sexiest man of 2017 I got a pretty good feeling that's going to happen. So listen, yeah, we're putting together the playlist for the show, and you and I had a big debate. So we said, okay, look, um, uh, 2016 lost Prince, cool. 2016 lost David Bowie, yeah. cool. And then you said, oh, Leonard Cohen, but I was like, oh. yeah, and you, you were know, like Leonard Cohen, that like, hippie, sixty sounding jangle jangle man. 
And I was like, ha. It doesn't sound like something I'd say, but I, <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely, I mean, it was along those lines. I was yeah, like, like, Leonard Cohen, I mean. Like, he's not 80s, man. He's just not 80s. And then I'm, I'm not like, playing like No Hallelujah on yeah. the show. No. And I wouldn't ask you to because that was from 1960-something. Yeah, but that, that's something. what I thought Leonard Cohen. And that's when I thought he died. Uh, yeah. With due respect. Well, he did. The and, most- and, and for about 20 minutes, I thought Leonard Cohen was Len- Leonard Nimoy. The original Dr. Spock. So, but that's nothing, you know, there. <laughs> Leonard Cohen actually made one of the most 80s sounding 80s songs that you probably don't know. No, I didn't know. And then you played it to me and it's, it's like good learning new things. Like I learned how, um, I learned about that great movie called Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned about that. I learned about The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Okay. So this is quite an 80s sounding song. It's called First We Take Manhattan and then? Then We Take Berlin. Oh, wow. We take Manhattan Then we take Berlin Yeah, yeah, 80s Dory, I feel Rick rolled <laughs> No, I this feel, is very different to Rick Astley I feel you Rick rolled me Because one man talking and then some 80s singing backtrackers does not an 80s song make But come on, how synthesizy was that music? The synthesizer, a perfect example of 80s music. I get it. I can see why, I can see why a mere mortal like you could be confused by that. But. <laughs> Look, no, Leonard no, Cohen is not no, for don't. everyone. I don't like those signs in my studio. Um, Leonard Cohen is not for everyone. Not but for we me. have to acknowledge the me. fact that he left us this year. This is our in memoriam segment. I suppose I should be more respectful. Yes. Of Leonard Nimoy. Hmm. Yeah, you, and, and may the force be with you, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Moving um, along. Moving uh, along. Yeah, my Twitter is at Dory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so moving along, and we go to David Bowie. Yeah. Okay. Bowie, 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 Bowie. Um, and, and this was quite a big one. I mean, he was like from 60s even. Um, David Bowie was like quite influential. Um, that was a big impact as well on like music for many a, a and, generation. And he, and he had made some new stuff and it actually wasn't bad. It was very different to his 80s stuff, of course. Yeah. But it wasn't bad. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock to the system, I think, when he, when he left us. It was a bit out of nowhere. Him out of and Prince, they were both a bit of a shock to the system. Leonard Cohen, not so much. He was pretty old. Because Prince was like riding bicycles like the day before. Oh, hey, he's like riding bicycles around purple his bicycles? like it, purple bicycles around his big purple prince palace. Yeah, um, purple it, poncho, pur- yeah, purple poncho, being pickpocketed by Peter Piper. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, David Bowie left us with a great song called uh, "Little China Girl." <laughs> I feel the world fell in love with a lot of. It fell in love with Asia in the eighties. There was like quite a big Asian influence in the eighties. Mm. Little China Girl, um, 
My only reference to blood sports. Um, big <laughs> in Japan. Mr. Roboto. Mr. Roboto. Yeah. Feeling Japanese, I already think so. Mm-hmm. A karate kid. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. There was definitely like a big 80s, 80s love affair with, uh, with Asia. Mm. And why not? Now, of course, it would be called cultural appropriation and would just be not be acceptable. No, exactly. Mm. And someone would get struck by lightning and turn into a mannequin man-child <laughs> gremlin. So, so, Dory, it's like... It's been so much fun. We've had we've had a blast. I mean, yeah. it's like it has time. The time has come, though. Time has for come. The show to end, unfortunately. But I think we've done some really good things in the show. I think we've, um, you know, we've we flash danced. We flash danced. Um, to George Michael song we spoke. I don't feel we spoke enough about George Michael. Or man. Wham. Or Wham. It's been a Wham limited show. It has been though. Um, we'll make up for it next time. It probably can. I mean, you could probably do like a two-hour show on Wham, which is, I mean, just called Saturday for me. Uh, <laughs> um, we've learned about your favorite movie, Breakfast Club. Yes. Uh, we learned about its sequel, Pretty in Pink. We learned about. Why <laughs> not? It's the same. <laughs> no. It had Emilio Estevez and Robert. It had the same director. That's the only similarity, and and the cast, some of the cast members. And some of the cast members. Um, at Footloose, we spoke. Listen, I feel we spoke. A little too much about Footloose. No, we spoke a little too much about Kenny Loggins. I know, but like I said, that man had a voice like Jet Fuel. He had a voice he like was, he had a voice like he Jet was Fuel. The, the soundtrack man of the eighties. We can't we can't ignore that fact. We can't move away from it. And um, and listen, if you never heard of Frank Stallone before, which you hadn't, yeah, that was um, something I learned today. That was amazing. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm so gonna go home and listen to that song on repeat. It's like that thing. It's like finding stars of the eighties and their lesser known siblings. Hmm. Hey. I think there's definitely something like like George Michael's unknown brother. Oh, can you imagine? It has to be. These people who live in the shadows of their older siblings. The, the Bro, Bross's Bross's brother. The third one, you mean? It could be. Or Bross's <laughs> sister. Sis. Did they make a band? Sis. Sis. Bross's sisters. Oh. Sis. Bross. Hey. Terrible. They, they could have. Terrible. Eurasia. Eurasia's brothers. The Pitch Up Boys. Eurasia. Hmm. Erasure. Uh, there was an erasure error from on my part. Yes. Okay. And uh, and then we ended off saying goodbye to Prince and Leonard Cohen. And, and very, we're still saying goodbye to David. A Bowie. very fa- very farewell to Leonard Cohen, if you're me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then David Bowie. Last uh, we had a little China girl there. And uh, listen, I think it's like um, I don't know when you're listening to this. Maybe you're listening to it on uh, at your Christmas party. And uh, maybe your Christmas uh, lunch is downplayed or very chilled. Or maybe it's raucous. You know. And maybe you do need something to get up to. You know, David Bowie's song, Let's Dance. Yeah. It's not super dancey. How do you dance to that? Um, in like a restrained 80s style. It did. Like Every now and white again. White people dancing. Yeah, you could like swing your hands and do the click thing. Yeah. But it's, it is very restrained. No, but it's a goodie. It's a goodie. And, you know, keep, keep that uh, spirit alive going into 2017. Just dance, man. Yeah, just party like it's 1987. Cliffcentral.com